0: Thank you guys for coming and stick around after the sponsorship. Hey guys, welcome to the Bee Queen Podcast. My name's Leanna Taylor. All right, hey guys. So today on this episode of Bee Queen Podcast, I am going to introduce you to the Leanna Taylor, which is myself. <laughs> I want to make this episode not only for the people who don't know who I am, but even for the people who do know who I am and understand more about me. Um, so I am from Cincinnati, Ohio. I live here currently. I was born and raised here. I moved away um, at a point in my life, and I've moved back. We'll get to that, but I am currently 26 years old, my birthday, January 8th, That's right after the holidays, Um, and I have a beautiful, handsome little boy. He's three. His name is Xander, and he is the highlight of my fiancé and my life, you know, our pride and joy, <laughs> and again, I am my fiancé, Jaquan Williams and um yeah, we're just here in the city. Um both from the city and I mean, we love it here. So, um I guess a little about me currently is other than being a mama um the things that I love, I guess I love luxury handbags. <laughs> And um, I am, I don't know if I ever want to pursue fashion, but I definitely love fashion. I, um, my whole closet is just all black. I only wear all black. (laughs) It's the easiest to match. It's the easiest to look put together and professional because, again, as a mother, (laughs) Most of my hair, I don't even want to say a a messy bun because I try to make it look more polished than a messy bun. A top knot. (laughs) So just a little sleek top knot. (laughs) We do have one dog and one cat. Our little dog, he is also all black as well. Or she is also all black as well. Her name's Tonks. We got her this year. And our son and our dog are definitely best friends. So I would like to be able to share my story and if other people um find what I what I've gone through, what I've been through, um is the same thing that they have gone through or insight or anything like that. I would love to hear your guys' stories. Um this place, this podcast is meant to be a safe space, be vulnerable. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to say whatever the hell I want and, um, I don't want to offend anybody, but in my eyes, I feel like if you are uncomfortable with what is being said, then go ahead and turn it off. And then, you know, we can wait for the next, next episode and hopefully we can be friends again. (laughs) Hopefully we're always friends. So, a little bit about me. Well, my origins is I said I was born and raised here in Cincinnati, Ohio. My mother and my father, they were never married. Um, My siblings, I have three older brothers, and then I have two younger sisters and a younger brother. But the way that everything was panned out, I grew up more like an only child. All three of my older brothers, which were on my dad's side, already um, had been either married, had their kids, have their homes. Um, so I never grew up with them. Um, my, I lived with my father. He had custody of me. And I would go and visit my mother every other weekend. And um, it was split holidays. Unfortunately, my younger siblings, which if you guys are listening, I love you, and I hope to be able to meet you one day but um they unfortunately did not get to live with my mother. well, I guess at the end of the day, it's better that we didn't live with our mother um, she she is not i don't want to say anything super mean but our family on our on our mother's side is definitely a broken home. So my younger siblings were all adopted, whether it was right from birth or even a couple years in, everybody just went their separate ways. And so living, I was the only child on my mom's side that actually got to see her, which I said again every other weekend. Um and I want, I don't know if I already said this, but to preface, none of this is to make anybody feel sorry for me. I am not that kind of person. I just want to share my story and hopefully um, it can empower others and people know that they're not alone. Um, but within my story, I don't want it to sound like I want sympathy from you because I know at the end of the day what happened has happened and I'm not that person anymore so okay <laughs> um so with my mother I had seen her every other weekend and um until I was about 11 10 or 11 some things had happened and I don't want to get too into detail. But with my stepfather, he had abused me. Um, My father obviously took me out of that situation immediately. Went to court. He went to jail for um, 18 months. And my mother had to figure things out on her own. She had betrayed me. She rather... Have things the easy way than have things the right way. So um, from then on, is kind of where trouble, I guess trouble in my life started lurking. <laughs> you know, I was a kid, and things had happened. I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't understand. People would ask me, "Are you okay?" How do you feel? And the time, I didn't... I just thought, you know, I'm just living my life. I don't know how I feel. I'm not upset. I'm not happy. I'm not angry. I'm not anything. Um. But one thing that did go through our family was clinical depression on both sides. So it was very hard living with my father... Because we would fight a lot. Um, he would say. A lot of. Very depressing. Degrade, well just very depressing things. Sometimes we had gotten. Physical. Um, yes. There were. Times when. Child services. Had knocked on our door. And cases had gone through. <clears throat> um After a time, or after all that with my stepfather had had happened, I had started stealing from my dad and my grandmother. I knew the information um, to certain things, and yes, I had started stealing money. And I guess, now that you think about it, that was kind of my way of dealing with the situations that had happened. Not that it was the correct way, but in my 11-year-old mind, if no one was going to be there for me, I guess I figured I would start doing things that I wanted to do. (laughs) So when that had happened, um, my dad... He trusted me. He did trust me, and I remember he asked me, "Did, "Are you doing this? Are you taking money?" And I said, "No." And he trusted that I wasn't lying. So he had went to my brother. My brother came down, everybody was talking, and he asked my dad to step away. And I remember just sitting in the back, and he looked at me, and he knew. He knew that it was me. And I couldn't lie to my brother. And I told him, yes, it was me. So after that time, my brother and his wife had asked if I would come stay with them for the summer. Of course... um, They had lived about an hour out up in Hamilton, Ohio. And I stayed with them for the summer. And eventually I started living with them. My dad and myself, we didn't get along very well. Um, Just different things that had had happened. We had a very rocky relationship. And... um, By the time senior year came, because I ended up living with them, I lived with them from uh, eighth grade until high school, until I graduated. My senior year, my dad had passed away. And um, I just remember the day that it happened, and um, my sister-in-law's parents came over, We had all had dinner, and um, my brother stepped outside. And I was told, I think you should go with Nick and talk to him. And the way that his property is, he has like um, a little concrete ledge, and it looks off to the backyard, which is kind of like a hill. He was standing there looking off. And I come over and he had told me that dad was gone. My dad suffered through diabetes and he did not take care of himself for years. Even when I was a child, there were a couple of times where he had gone through um, basically like a diabetic coma. One of them I was there for. He was supposed to take me to my mother's house, and I couldn't get him to get up from the chair, and he wasn't very responsive. And I called my mother crying, and she told me to call 911. The second time, my father was supposed to pick me up from school to go to a doctor's appointment, and he never showed So I could only imagine the other times that that stuff had happened when I wasn't there. So he never truly took care of himself and then eventually um, he was told he has a couple years to live and I would say probably about six months after that he had passed. But when I had heard that, even though my father and I didn't get along very well, I was very broken. And, um, I remember just, like, wanting to go to my room, and my room was in the basement, and I just fell down the stairs, just fell at the landing and just cried and cried. And, um... (sighs) So... Within the days that had come, obviously, I stayed from school. We had cleaned up his apartment, and we had his funeral. <clears throat> and the way that he was, I mean, I i don't know how a lot of open caskets are. Um, I think in the movies, they make it look a little different, but he was very swollen. He was almost unrecognizable, But it didn't hit me until uh, they opened the casket further and I saw his hands. And it finally struck me. Like, even in that time when we would clean out his apartment, I just felt like I could just call him up, whatever. And then it just, like, resonated that he was gone. Well, it was my senior year of high school... I mean, again, when I say a lot, I've gone through a lot. Even now, I feel like I'm just now processing all these emotions now that I'm old enough to step back and look at what had happened and why I had done things. Um, So he had passed away September I don't know the exact date, but it was 2011. Well, I was just in a very, very depressed, dark state at that time. Mind you, my father and my mother both had clinical depression, and that was always their excuse, was that their depression They couldn't do certain things, it would hinder them, and so on and so forth. I had gotten such a deep state of depression that I didn't even realize that in February of 2012, I tried to commit suicide. I don't know how to explain how that feeling feels unless somebody goes through it because when you truly just feel so empty you have no care of what even happens to you like truly that is how I felt and so basically I had had a plan I was going to take a handful of sleeping pills and then a handful of other pills and, um, you know, just kind of go to sleep and hopefully not wake up. Well, it really bit me in the ass because in the middle of the night, my body just said a big old fuck you. And I remember like, how I mean if you've ever tried to do anything just on like a couple of ibuprofen PM imagine a handful of them and you can't even like get up and process to know what's happening but mm, I was my body was trying to throw everything up it did throw everything up and more and I tried to rush to the bathroom. Like, imagine being drunk times 10, and (laughs) it was very awful. I threw everything up, and even the next morning, I didn't go to school. And I said I was sick. I didn't want to go to school. So I stayed home, and my friend had texted me, and she said, why did you not go to school? You're faking it. Like, you should have came, Whatever. And I told her, it was our neighbor at the time, I told her that um, what I had done, and I said, don't tell anybody. Well, her sister was a nurse, and she ended up telling her. And then her sister ended up calling my sister, or my brother, I don't know who she called first. And, you know, everybody rushed to the house, and ambulance came, and this and that and the other and went to the hospital and I remember in the bed and they said that um I guess I didn't have any trace of Tylenol or anything inside of me mind you I threw it all up and everybody was upset they thought I was lying um And the officer said, you can either go to jail or you can stay here until you get better. So, obviously, I said I would stay at the hospital. The hospital admitted me into the psych ward. I remember it was about a week, week. And a half, maybe, that I stayed there. Um, and in that time the doctor diagnosed me with clinical depression. And I remember telling the doctor, like not even telling, but asking and trying to deter the clinical depression. I said, Maybe I'm bipolar, maybe I'm something else, because I think ultimately, in my mind, I thought depression is what caused my parents' downfall. It can't be my downfall that's not what's wrong with me and he I would describe the situations, and he said, "No, that's depression." <laughs> so they gave me a medication and Um, I took it for maybe like a week and I didn't take it after that. Not only did I not like the way it made me feel, I mean, it made me feel nauseous all week and I just, I was still in denial. It took a long time for me to accept that I've had clinical depression. So everybody was upset at me. I ended up moving to into my other brother's home I'm just eighteen just kind- i mean just kind of angry at everything at the world, at myself, at everything um, you know, I did things not drugs I never had done drugs, but stuff like. You know, lost my virginity. Um, I mean, just normal rebellion things. <laughs> Found a guy that I thought I liked, slash, loved, slash, whatever. Moved in with him. That went south, obviously. Um, he was very abusive. I ended up cheating on him. I stayed with him. He was even more abusive. And then um, he said, we just... We had to move out. And he didn't want to move out with me. And I ended up going to my friends. And he went to his friends. And he texted me and said that we were broken up. Um, And obviously... I blame myself and he said all kinds of things that it was all my fault that I'm just not what he wants that like my hair color and the things that I like and I do just are wrong and that you know I just thought at the end of the the day that everything was because I did something wrong so I stayed with my friend for not even a month and I immediately tried to well I did get my first apartment I was not what everybody thought I was (laughs) I was not the lazy person just trying to hang around and be a bum so I moved out I got my own apartment and that's how I moved back down to Cincinnati I ended up meeting the love of my life, who is my fiancé now. And um, eventually, we became pregnant and had our son, our beautiful son. And we talk about it all the time. It's just so funny because when you talk about the butterfly effect, as much as the things have happened... If anything had gone differently, you know, if I... Because we met at our workplace, which was mutually through my friend that I was living with. If I didn't apply at that place or anything like that, I mean, we wouldn't have met and none of us would be here. And our son wouldn't be here. So we talk about it all the time, just laugh. Like, if one thing would have just tripped up, none of this would have happened, but obviously we're so grateful for it, Um, and the point of making this episode is, again, not for you to feel sorry for me, um, because I very much don't feel like my past defines me, Um, I feel like I'm always moving forward and always improving and changing myself Um, and I will say, having clinical depression, it's hard as fuck. It really is. I've had episodes. I've had very difficult times in my life. I shaved my head. I, you know, one thing about me that you probably didn't, I didn't share. I mean, I went through beauty school. And, um... I had had an episode then. It was when I was living with my ex boyfriend, very abusive. It was right when we had to go our separate ways. I had lived with him and his sister. And um, yeah, I had gone through beauty school. I mean, I did very well in beauty school. It was actually a Veda in Westchester. I had done all these awards and done all these different things. And, um, I mean, this, I will say this is stuff that people don't know about me and I, I've hidden, I haven't talked about cause I was ashamed of, <clears throat> but, um, I had ended up being able to go to Vegas. I, I did a competition overnight. I didn't think I could go. Um, it was beacon. And I didn't think that I could even apply. Well, I was told that I was, and I made a website overnight, and I was picked out of 200 students in the whole country to be able to go to Vegas and attend this beauty con um, when there were, you know, thousands of students that applied but I did it the night before. There were 14 students that applied just from our school and worked very hard on their projects. Um, and I'm not trying to say that I'm better, but I'm just trying to put into perspective how good I was. Um, and again, just everything just kind of came crashing. You know, um, I didn't, do very well with my grades in there and um, again I was young when I uh, had moved away actually I had gotten into to be employed into one of the best Aveda salons in the Dayton area and there was one day that I was supposed to go into Aveda the school to finish my stuff and I didn't go, and basically got a text from the school, or from the workplace, saying, hey, we were in touch with the school, why didn't you do this, do that, and it just kind of all came crashing down, accidentally, I (laughs) shaved my head, I was just trying to cut my hair, and it went too far, and I shaved my head, and, um, you know, I got. I was in a very dark place. I had to move. I had to do so much, and figure it all out. And I went to a very dark place again. And I had people down my throat asking me why didn't you finish? Why didn't you do this? Why? Didn't? And I feel like I had burned bridges that I couldn't rebuild. And um, yeah. So. Again, and this is what the third time I'm going to say it, I'm not saying any of this to make people feel sorry for me. I just want people to understand my story and where I come from, and hopefully it can be relatable. This podcast is going to be a very real, raw series of episodes. There's going to be topics that might even get controversial But at the end of the day, I want this to be a safe space to be able to share vulnerable things. And that's what I'm doing right now as I share my story. Because even today, going forward, my past has molded me into the person that I am, but it is not what decides who I am in the future. And so I want to be a very respectable woman who is optimistic, who sees different people in different ways to not change them, to accept them for who they are, to embrace them, to talk about things in a way that doesn't degrade others, who can actually solve problems and not create drama. Sorry, that's my son. But for the future listeners... For the current listeners, I want everyone to know that you are a queen bee, that every woman is meant to be queen. I love you guys, and I'm super excited for you guys to listen to future episodes where we talk about other topics, where we talk about other topics, and hopefully in the future I can get some wonderful ladies on here. And be able to talk about them and what is important to them, what their goals are, what um, just things they want to talk about. All right, love you guys. Bye.